The Fundamental Path of a Plain Good Life In ancient China at the end of the Chao Dynasty, 1122 BC to 256 BC, came an era of confusion, competition, and wars which marked the decline of the spiritual origins and naturalness of human nature. All seemed to be lost, but fortunately a great student named Kon Tzu, Confucius, 551-479 to 479 BC, responded to the momentous task of preserving the essence of the ancient teachings. He exerted great effort in the collection and compilation of the manuscripts and writings of the natural, unspoiled minds of those ancient, developed human beings. This work was the essence of his old age. It was written after he had interviewed Lao Tzu, and had studied the I Ching so diligently that the three leather straps which bound the book wore out from use. The important conclusion of his many years spent cultivating the ancient treasures was the fundamental path of life. Living a plain life is the most fundamental cultivation a person can do before achieving Tao, and has been exemplified in the life of many Taoists in Chinese history. Lao Tzu, the great elucidator of the simple natural path, has become widely admired by our contemporary spiritual world. Unfortunately, his simple message has been misunderstood by many new Taoists. For this reason, the work which follows is important in assisting those who follow Tao to cultivate a better understanding of human relationships. The primary importance of this book lies in the fact that the fundamental path of a plain good life endures for all times and for all humanity. What is innate within the universe and human life is nature. To follow nature, or to cultivate and regulate oneself, is the fundamental path of life. One of self-cultivation must be attentive to what cannot be seen without our eyes, and humble towards that which cannot be heard without our ears. There is nothing clearer than to know things which, to the mass mind, are hidden. There is nothing more explosive than to be shown things which, to the ordinary mind, are too small to be seen. Therefore, one of cultivation must be very cautious with what he cannot see or hear, what appears to be hidden, or what seems to be too small and superficial. All these things are knowable and can be known by one with higher awareness. When joy, anger, sorrow and pleasure are not exaggerated, this is called harmony or being centred. When they are expressed in an appropriate manner, this is called balance. Centredness in the unmanifested sphere is like a seed before it develops. It is the greatest source of the universe. Balance is the underlying principle of all things. Therefore, the attainment of inner centeredness and balance reflects the orderliness of the universe and abundance of all that lives. The Balanced One says, One who self-cultivates lives by the principle of centeredness and balance. One of inferior virtue goes against this principle. One of self-cultivation also lives by the principle of regulation. One of inferior virtue goes against this principle by indulging. The balanced one says again, the highest virtue is to be inwardly centred and balanced. However, 
people are seldom able to attain it. Why is the fundamental path of life not being widely practiced or widely understood? The wise miss it by being superior. The unwise miss it by not being high enough to reach it. Everyone eats and drinks, but there are only a few who know the real taste. The balanced one says, Shun was a great wise man. He was not assertive, but was inquisitive. He always paid close attention to the discourse, letting go of what was not useful and absorbing what was. He avoided extremes and applied the balanced way to people. For this he was a great wise man. Note, Shun, a former emperor of China, began his 48-year reign in the year 1255 BC. The balanced one says, All people say, I know, when they are caught in nets, traps and pitfalls, but not one of them knows enough to stay away. All people say, I know, when the fundamental path of life is shown to them, but not one of them can keep to it for even as long as a month. The balanced one says, Wei was a good human being and followed the fundamental path. When he attained a new virtue, he thoroughly obeyed it and never lost it. Note that Wei is the abbreviation for Yen Wei, who was Confucius's favourite student. Confucius adored him because he was a truly spiritual person who firmly adhered to the way of the plain life. Once Confucius said, Many people would worry about living in a narrow house with only a gourd ladle of water and a bamboo basket of food, yet Wei never lost the happiness he attained by living in such a simple way. Ying Wei was used as an example of meditative practice in Chuang Tzu, an influential Taoist book. Note, Wei is noted for never having transferred his anger to a third party, nor repeating the same mistake twice. He was happy with a very simple way of life. He did not deviate from the way in order to improve himself materially, nor did he trade his truthful being for glamour or undeserved glory. To him, being truthful was much more valuable than pursuing wealth or fame. The balanced one says, The world may be made peaceful. A noble position may be given up. A sharp knife may be trod on. But the fundamental path is not easy to follow consistently without deviating. This is why we place daily honest virtues above momentary miraculous performances. Tsi Lo asked which people are stronger. The balanced one says, what strength do you wish to achieve? Is it the strength of the south or is it the strength of the north? To guide people with gentleness and tolerance and not repay evil with evil is the strength of the South. This is where people of self-cultivation live. To sleep on a hard bed, wear metal armour and have no fear of death is the strength of the North. This is where ordinary people live. Although one of self-cultivation is a lover of peace, yet his principles still remain firm. Such a person is strong, independent, does not take sides in conflicts. When a nation is in order, one of self-cultivation does not need to bend in the face of difficulties. When a nation is in disorder, his virtue remains constant, even under threat of death. Therefore, he is the strongest of the strong. 
the balanced one says, look for things that are obscure and behaving erratically, may draw the attention of others and be remembered for generations to come. Yet such ways are not for me. Although many people follow the fundamental path, they may give up halfway. Neither is this the way for me. One who cultivates, follows the fundamental path of plain living, avoids social honours and gives up his name, he does not regret being and remaining unknown. This is the way of the highly virtuous. The path of self-cultivation is broad yet subtle. It can even be put into use in the simple life of husband and wife. Yet at its most profound, it cannot be comprehended by the intellectual mind, even of a wise person. In the vastness of the universe, much is unknowable to the human mind. The greatest of things on the path cannot be found in the manifest sphere. The smallest of things on the path are too small to be split by anything in the manifest realm. Between the manifest and unmanifest spheres of the universe, there are numerous levels of being and things. The path is applicable to all levels. An ancient ballad says, Birds fly high in the sky, fish jump in the water, all stay in accordance with the way and thus express the way in their every movement. The path of self-cultivation starts with the ordinariness of human life. Its extensiveness is revealed through everything in the universe. The balanced one says, Although the path of all fulfilment is not far from possible, they believe it is so, thus they make the path inaccessible to themselves. As an ancient ballad says, when using an axe to cut a new handle, the model is at one's hand, but by looking at it this way and that, it can never appear the same. One is unaware of his own change. One of self-cultivation extends his awareness to know people and correct himself. Being honest with oneself and considerate of others, the fundamental path is fulfilled. As the ancient teaching says, what is not acceptable to me, I will not do to others. This suggests a fundamental discipline for all people. Note, it is not like interfering, such as the following, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This can actually bring a negative result. Here are four general guidelines for following the path of self-cultivation. Most people have difficulty achieving even one of them. One, one should not expect from his sons what he cannot do for his parents. Two, one should not expect from his subordinate what he cannot do for his superior or leader. Three, one should not demand from his younger brother or sister what he cannot do for his older brother or sister. Four, one should not ask from his friends what he cannot do for them first. Thus, one of self-cultivation honestly watches his own speech and behaviour. If he discovers inadequacies in meeting the fundamental path, then he dares not lose his discipline. He is not proud of his virtuous behaviour. His behaviour matches his speech. His speech matches his behaviour. This is how a person of self-cultivation fulfils his life. One of self-cultivation is content with himself and does not look beyond his own position or capabilities. 
When one is rich, one becomes adapted to wealth. When one is poor, one becomes adapted to poverty. When one is in a foreign country, one becomes adapted to foreign ways. When one is in trouble, one becomes adapted to difficulty. One is not ashamed of or troubled by what one is, naturally. One does not pretend to be what one is not. Instead, one stays on the fundamental path of life. When one is in a high position, one does not suppress subordinates. When one is in a low position, one does not become attached to those in power as a means of securing unjustified promotions or unearned benefits. One corrects himself without complaining or making demands on others. One does not blame others for not being supportive, nor does one accuse heaven for not providing help. One of self-cultivation keeps to what is, and is therefore at at ease all of the time. He knows the appropriate time for change. He is not like those of inferior virtue who like to take chances. The balanced one says, The way of self-cultivation is like the art of shooting. If the target is missed, first, check to see what is wrong with yourself. Self-cultivation also resembles beginning a long journey or climbing a mountain. In either case, the trip begins from the home or from the base of the mountain. The ancient ballad says, In the harmonious life of a family, all members are gathered. This is like the harmony of musical instruments. They get along together well and create a happy union. The balanced one says, The parents of this family must indeed feel content. The balanced one says, How great is the power and virtue of divine beings. One looks but cannot see them. One listens but cannot hear them. They are everywhere, above you and at your left and right. Nothing is excluded from them. They are the true source and reservoir of all that lives. In a subtle way, they make sensitive people recognize them. People may express this relationship by making offerings. The ancient ballad says, The coming of spirits is unpredictable. One must be careful when performing ceremonies that lead to reconnecting with spirits. How powerful is the sincerity of the human mind which causes the subtle realm to communicate with the manifest. Note, in the ancient Chinese text, the terms qi and shen are used. Qi and shen. The literal translation of these two spirits when used together means ghost and spirit. Spirit indicates the subtle essence of all things which live on after their earthly existence. Everything has its own spirit. Even a seed before it develops into its appropriate form and distinguishable shape has spirit. Nothing is without the subtle essence. It is the first stage of all beings and is the real source and reservoir of all lives. Since there is no real death, all life naturally returns to it. Cheng Tzu, an eminent scholar of the Song dynasty, 960-1279 AD, says, Spirits are the potency of the universe, a trace of the process of creation and transformation. 
Chang Tzu, another eminent scholar of the Song Dynasty, says, Idealistically speaking, if we put the primal qi into two divisions, spirit and ghost, spirits are the positive potency of yang, and ghosts are the inertial potency of yin. Actually, in the preliminary unmanifested sphere, they are one qi. Their virtue expresses their function in nature. They are formless and silent. They are the beginning and end of all matters and lives. The emergence of matter and lives is the convergence and dispersion of qi as either yang or yin. Yang and yin manifest themselves as the subtle essence of matter and life. Nothing in nature can be without them. The developed one also says, when qi generates upward, it becomes heaven. From this, all things derive their life. All life is evidence of spirits. No life can exist without them. The world is a place where souls have come for the process of purification and refinement. Sincerity or genuineness is the way to of heaven. To be sincere or genuine is also the way of humanity. With sincerity, one can find the way. To be centered on the way without struggle is to be highly achieved, virtuous and wise. To be sincere means to choose the right way and stay with it persistently. When one is sincere, his mind is clear. When one's mind is clear, he is naturally sincere. Only the most sincere person under heaven is aware of his innate nature. His being is harmonized with his innate nature. He can know the nature of all people. Thus, he can be harmonious with the nature of all people. Knowing the nature of all things, one can help their growth by living selflessly. Thus, a sincere person is one with heaven and earth. There is no separation between the nature and that of the universe. A person who has difficulty spiritually breaking through the separation of his own nature from that of the universe should begin working on particular things. Any simple motive, plan or idea can be pursued if done with sincerity. Once formalised, it can blossom and become bright with growth. Thus, brightness and growth generate movement and are very useful. Only one who is sincere can affect change internally or externally in the material or social world. Ultimate sincerity can give foreknowledge of future events. Auspicious signs appear that can foretell even the future of a nation. When a nation is to become extinct, there will be ominous signs. These signs can be observed by using the I Ching, or Book of Changes, and also by one's intuitive responses. The coming of both fortune and misfortune can be foreseen. When a person reaches ultimate sincerity, he is equal to a divine being. To be sincere is self-realizing and self-accomplishing. The fundamental path is the path for the growth of all things. With sincerity, things are started and accomplished. Nothing can be done without it. Therefore, it is important and valuable for one of self-cultivation to be sincere. To be sincere not only completes oneself, but also completes others. To complete oneself is to be wise. 
to complete others is to be kind. Being kind and wise is the virtue of our nature. This is the way to unite the internal and external aspects of our being. Kindness and wisdom are applied to every movement, to every moment and every circumstance by one of self-cultivation. Those who are sincere never cease, thus they are long-enduring. Being long-enduring, one's virtue can be expressed. Being self-expressing is to become far-reaching. Being far-reaching, one becomes broad and deep. Being broad and deep, one becomes high and brilliant. With broadness and depth, one can carry others. With highness and brilliance, one can guide others. With endurance, one can fulfill oneself and others. With broadness and depth, one can match earth. With highness and brilliance, one can match heaven. With endurance, one can be limitless. If one can accomplish this, one becomes worthy without being known. Without actually moving, one may effect change by being in accord with the movement of nature. Thus, one's work is accomplished without strain. The Balanced One says, Shun was a person with a sense of great duty. He made heaven and earth his parents. His virtue made him sacred. He became the heavenly son who had sovereignty over human beings. He considered all the wealth held within all the seas as his own, and equally cared for it all. His spirit is worshipped within a majestic temple and is protected by all his descendants. Therefore, any such great and virtuous being must enjoy high position and rewards, a good name and longativity. All lives and all things of heavenly birth must develop accordingly. The one who cultivates will be reinforced. The unvirtuous will be destroyed. The ancient ballad says, One of self-cultivation is upright and happy. His virtue is brilliant. People make him their leader. Heaven sends rewards to the one of self-cultivation, and he is protected by the heavenly emperor. Therefore, the great and virtuous one will be blessed. The carefree one was King Wen. He had the support of his virtue, even during times of great adversity. His grandfather and father had established their nation, not with aggression, but by being kind and yielding. After returning from captivity to the tyrant Zhu, King Wen became ever more prosperous. Two-thirds of the nations of the enormous empire gave him their support. King Wen's son took action against the tyrant and succeeded immediately. The son was then enthroned and became responsible for one large unified nation. Thus a new virtuous and long-lived era, the Chao dynasty, was begun. The King of Lu asked the Balanced One, How does one properly manage public affairs? The Balanced One replied, Taking good care of public affairs depends on the proper person. One must cultivate the fundamental path. Impartial love is the most important virtue in handling public affairs. 
the virtue is developed from two important bases. First, one should take care to one should take care of his parents and extend the same kind of service to all people. Second, one should respect the virtuous and wise, for they are indeed the nation's true leaders and the only ones who actually know the heavenly way. There are five essential forms of human relationships. One, the relationship of leader and follower. Two, the relationship of parent and child. Three, the relationship of husband and wife. Four, the relationship of siblings. And five, the relationship of friends. There are three virtues to cultivate in order to fulfill these five relationships. They are understanding, love, and the courage to recognize one's inadequacies. These three virtues can be simplified into one word, sincerity. With it, all relationships can be fulfilled and maintained. It furthers one to learn through experience and reflection. But if there is sincerity, one enables one to have the highest understanding that the way of humankind and heaven is one. One who studies diligently will have a deeper understanding one who practices diligently will have more kindness. One who knows the inadequacy of his being will develop more courage. Having these three is the basis of self-cultivation. When one knows how to cultivate oneself, one will then know how to direct others. When one can direct others, one will be able to direct the nations of the world. A goal can be reached with proper preparation. Without this, no goal is attainable. A speech, studied beforehand, has no flaws. A job, planned beforehand, has no obstacles. Behaviour considered beforehand will give no cause for remorse. A way of life determined beforehand will not be misled. A good plan for learning has five steps. One, learn broadly. Two, examine completely. Three, ponder carefully. Four, discern clearly. Five, practice exactly. If one has not learned anything, it doesn't matter. But once one begins to learn something, he should be thorough in his studies. If one has not seen anything, it does not matter. But once one looks at something, he should not stop before knowing it completely. If one has not thought about anything, it doesn't matter. But once something is pondered, one should not stop before understanding it. If one has not recognised anything, it doesn't matter. But once something is distinguished, one should be clear in his discernment. If one has not developed a skill, it does not matter. But once something is practiced, one should be exact. If there is something which can be done by someone smart with one portion of his strength, then let me, an honest person, achieve it with tenfold of my strength if I am less than he. If there is something which can be done by someone with ten portions of his strength, let me achieve it with a hundredfold of my strength, if I am less than he. 
the foolish, who follow this earnest principle, can be enlightened, and the weak can become strengthened. The way of the universe can be summarized in a word. Oneness. Oneness, or sincerity with oneself. Oneness, or sincerity with heaven and nature. Look at the universe. Although it gives birth to all lives straightforwardly, its creativity is unfathomable. From its development, broadness, profundity, highness, brightness, expansiveness, endurance, it gives birth to time and space. Time and space are indivisible as reality in the development of the universe. The sky can be small, but its development is infinite. The earth can be small, but its development is incalculable. The mountain can be small, but its storage is immeasurable. The water can be small, but its use is unlimited. The ancient ballad says, Heaven is called heaven because incessant sincerity or oneness makes it so. Great is the way of the virtuous and wise. The great ones limitlessly continue the development of the universe. Their height can reach heaven. They are broad enough to receive all people and things. There are thousands of good things that await the coming of the virtuous and wise. It is said, If there exists no high virtuous being, the highest goodness cannot be manifested in the human realm. Therefore, one of self-cultivation respects his innate virtue and develops it with continuous learning and cultivation. Such a being achieves the greatest, the subtlest, the highest and the most brilliant state, yet stays on the fundamental path. He reviews the past and thus knows what is to be. Although he is very deep in nature, he is also willing to adopt the current social manners. Therefore, when one is in a high position, he is not proud. When one is in a low position, he is not rebellious. When a nation is in good order, he helps it prosper. When a nation is in disorder, his silence and tolerance preserve him. The ancient ballad says, With crystal clarity and wisdom one's life is protected. The balanced one says, If a person of today is foolish and self-assertive, inferior and stubborn, He is against the fundamental path which has been followed by all generations on the road of history. Calamity must surely befall such a person. Only one of true sincerity is wise enough to have the insight to know the right way from the wrong and to understand the implications of such discernment. Such mental and spiritual capabilities are sufficient to to be open to everything and everybody and to provide help. One's gentleness and softness express tolerance. One is firm and dauntless in maintaining one's principles. One is solemn, balanced and worthy of respect. One is deliberate and accurate in judgment. With these virtues, one is like an unfathomable fountain which unceasingly gives of itself in order to support all life. Only the most sincere can organise a good constitution and the foundations for harmonious cooperation in order to cope with the natural development of the universe.
One relies on nothing but his sincerity. One's kindness is pure, his profundity infinite, and his greatness connected with heaven. One develops the insight to see that heaven's nature is his own nature, therefore he is able to give to all things and all beings. The ancient ballad says, Let shining silk and satin be the undergarments, and plain cotton be the outside clothes. Being conspicuous and shining is not in accordance with nature. Therefore, the way of one who cultivates is not to be outwardly showy, but to work inwardly. True brilliance comes from sincere and long cultivation. The way of the inferior person is to be outwardly beautiful, but without any real value inside. Since this makeup is used each day, it loses its effect. Although one of self-cultivation appears plain, he is never ignorant. His character is simple and gentle, with natural depth and the fullness of truth. One of self-cultivation knows great expansiveness from within, and how, to, and how the apparent develops from the subtle. Following the way, one enters the unfailing realm of virtue.